So this is welcome. This is a New South Wales ACT SIG. Um, we've had over 80 registrations and many of them are from Queensland and Victoria as well. So welcome. Um, our speakers today are um, from New South Wales, but you know, we all do enrolment interviews. So I know for you know it'll it'll resonate with, with everybody. Just to reiterate um, what Sheila said, please, any questions at all, pop them in the chat. Other people in the chat room, you are welcome to contribute to the answering of those questions as well as um, if we have time, I'll post them to the panel. So um, I just wanted to introduce um, David, give us a wave um, from William Clark College, Yvette from Santa Sabina and Pauline from Loretto Curabilly. And we're going to start by asking each of these panellists about their role at their school and a little bit about their school, where they're situated, um, a little bit about the dem demographics of their school and um, what their enrolment um, office looks like. Yvette, would you like to go first? Yes, thank you, Miv. Uh, my name's Yvette Graniero. I'm Director of Community Relations at Santa Sabina College and the Enrolment Department falls in my portfolio. Um, our Community Relations team is basically set up in order to support enrolments at the college and we include um, marketing, uh, publications, uh, alumni, um, as well as a registrar. Um, Santa Sabina is a Catholic independent school in Sydney's inner west. Um, we are a very multicultural area. Um, we're a P to 12 school and we have multiple campuses and we have a, a co-ed primary campus, which is uh, prep to year four. And then we have a girls only campus years five to 12. So um, we need to uh, we, we have different enrolment strategies and um, depending on which campus a, a child would be commencing at. Uh, our key intake years are prep and kindergarten as well as year five and year seven. Thanks, Yvette. And David, over to you. Uh, David Anderson, Director of Enrolments at uh, William Clark College, which is in Kellyville. Um, in the northwest growth area of Sydney, out past uh, Castle Hill, if you know anything about Sydney, uh, and I know many of you will, but uh, for our interstate people. Uh, we're also a P to 12 school. We're co-ed all the way through from prep right through to year 12. Uh, currently, um, in our prep school, we have uh, 75 children and our uh, primary school is 620 and our secondary schools just over 1,100. So there's around about 1,850-ish, 1,860 on the one campus. We're around about 25 acres here, uh, which I think is about nine hectares in modern language um, here in Kellyville. Um, our main intake years are the same as Santa Sabina, prep and kindergarten. Or Yeah, prep is the major intake, kindergarten is a small addition, um, and then a few students maybe at year three, year five currently we add a class and then year seven when we double the numbers coming through from uh, year six. Um, I'm in a team of three people. Uh, there's myself, who I focus on the secondary school enrolments. There's uh, Karen Smith uh, is called our registrar. She is uh, for the primary school enrolments. And then we have Corinne uh, who is our assistant um, and covers all the areas and admin for us. and taking care of all the applications and all that kind of uh, paperwork behind the scenes as well. And how old is the school, David? 
Uh, we started in 1988 uh, with about 120 students and about 20 staff. Uh, and as I say, we're now over 1,800 students and there's about 230 full-time um, or full-time equivalent uh, members of staff as well. Great. So what we call one of these new new schools in growth areas. So exciting for an enrolment professional. How old I've is been, I've, I've been sorry, May, I've been here for 18 years and in that time we've more than doubled the size uh, of the school um, and the surrounding area. Well, those in Sydney might know what it's like. Yeah, that's an exciting space. How old's um Santa Sabina, I bet? Uh, we're 127 years old. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Now, Pauline, you are on mute. Oh, no, you're not anymore. Okay. Over to you, Pauline. Okay, so I'm Pauline Shuttleworth. I'm the Registrar and the Marketing Manager at Loreto Kirribilli. So we, too, are a K-12 school. We are girls only, and we are Catholic, Catholic girls' school. Um, I head up both the enrolment side and the marketing side. Um, in the enrolments team, there are three of us. So that's me and then two assistants who actually job share. Um, our, um, our intakes are kindergarten, year five and year seven. And we made a, a bit of a change um, in 2020, um, which resulted in year three also becoming a small intake. Um, so we've got, we've got the, the four intakes. The biggest one is still year seven, um, but year five is coming hot on the heels um, of that at the minute. We've got about 1,200 um, students in total. We're a single campus school, um, and we, we, are, we don't have borders. We're, we're day school only. That's it. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Yvette now. We're going to talk a little bit more about the strategy around interviews. So um, just a little bit about the process that leads up to the interview, how a student is selected and what the family may have had to complete before the interview process. Um, when you interview, so how far out, commencement, etc., and why you do it that way. Thanks, okay. Yvette. Thank you. Um, we take enrolments from birth for a number of students and uh, we get a strong um, enrolment base from our alumni. So we encourage our alumni to um, put an enrolment application in and they actually uh, have a free enrolment application. So it's one way to encourage them. We also have a, um, an early learning centre on the campus, which is community um, it's a childcare centre. We also allow those students who are enrolled in our early learning centre, which very much sits within the grounds and within the college, but as a separate entity as well. Um, but any student who is part of that campus also gets um, free enrolment application through the process. As soon as someone puts their name down on, it, on the wait list, um, we started quite a rigorous um, engagement process with them. We um, send EDMs to them every term um, with exciting things that are happening at the college that are dependent on the year group of interest. So if they're a family that wants to come in in primary, we'll share some really great little videos or stories that are happening on the primary campus. We invite um, people on the wait list to attend particular functions or events, the college fair, 
um, our musicals if we're hosting them, things like that. So we, we try to keep um, engagement with families um, quite high. Um, we found that when we weren't doing that as much, we lost a lot of people because some people might put an, an application in at birth and then 12 years later, we're knocking on their door saying, we're ready to talk to you. And they've left, they've gone somewhere else, they've forgotten about us. So um, we have a, quite a strong strategy in trying to keep them engaged right from the beginning. Um, for prep and kindergarten, we um, invite them to an enrolment interview um, in January of the year prior to school commencing. Um, any earlier than that, we've found that they're not quite ready to make those decisions yet. Um, so for our younger years particularly, we invite them now um, and it might take till June or July to even get a lot of those people to commit to an enrolment interview. We do struggle. That the primary years is, is one that takes time for us to get um, enrolments in. Uh, for years five and year seven, we do enrolment interviews two years out. So um, we, and we're quite often here that our competitor schools have already done an interview or have contacted them. So we actually, um, oh. it's a movable feast and we, we, we move that depending on the feedback we get from some of our families as well, because someone might ring us and say, oh, I've had an enrolment interview here. Um, so we, we can be quite flexible about that. We, have our primary leadership team conduct the primary interviews. Um, however, for all our years five to 12 interviews, our college principal does each and every interview. Um, that has been a change in practice in the last two years. Uh, it has, we used to do um, a, a sort of a weekend, multiple uh, senior leaders doing, you know, a hundred odd interviews in a day. Um, and we found that some of our leadership team had greater success rates than others. We also found that the ones that got to speak to the principal had a much higher turnover. And as enrolments are such a key, um, it's, you know, a really important part of what we're doing and we we were always looking for more enrolments. We made the decision that the principal would conduct all enrolment interviews. And that has had um, um, a major success because the conversion rate is much higher. It is absolutely nightmaric to process though, because her calendar is already so full. And to try and fit that in, is it's a really coordinated and difficult effort. Um, but a really important one for us. And so she does all enrolment interviews from year five onwards. Did I answer all the questions? Yeah, I think so. Um, if anybody else wants to know anything about um, that strategy from Santa Sabina Yvette, please pop it in the, um, in the chat box now, whilst we move over to David to give us a bit of an idea of how, um, how they go about interviews there. Okay, so we changed our processes just a couple of years ago um, we used to do almost everything one year in advance of entering into the school and we found that some other schools especially at year seven level um, had moved out to 18 months or even two years uh, and so we've moved out that same way over the last uh, two years as well so um, we approach things in, in slightly different ways so I'll talk about year seven so high school first of all um, 
we accept applications uh, pretty much at any time. Um, we start the uh, examination of that pros, uh, the particular cohort. So give me give you an example. I'm about to start the year seven, 2023 enrollment process. And I'll start in about May with uh, an email contact throughout to all the people who have applied. Uh, what we do as far as people who've applied many years in advance, uh, we also have some uh, processes whereby we keep in contact with them every six months with a, a little school uh, magazine called I Am, used to be called The Chronicle. Um, and that gives a, a rundown of things that have been happening throughout the college. So there's trying to keep that link uh, with them as well. Um, and we've often thought about the idea of making, uh, you know, school musicals and music nights known, etc. Uh, as well. Um, with the year 723, uh, as I say, I, I make contact with people. I say to them, this is what's happening. This, these are the next steps. You need to do some things for me to collect, like school reports, for example. I'm about to send you some information uh, for you to fill in and send back to me. Um, uh, we call it a student enrollment update form. And we do the same kind of thing for year five, but a year in advance. So uh, Karen has just been doing, or is, is actually doing year five now uh, with the interviews. Uh, that's for next year's uh, intake. And for kindergarten and prep, slightly different. Uh, what we do, there are no school reports, <laughs> obviously, uh, that we get from them. Um, but what we do is we send them a, a questionnaire uh, for them to tell us information about their children, where their children are at, um, about five pages of very general questions, but also some very important questions with regards to any particular needs they might have. Um, allergies, for example, a whole range of different things that uh, our staff would like to know uh, as well. Um, and with interviews, as I say, year seven, about 18 months in advance, kindergarten in year five and year three, roughly 12 to 10 months in advance and our prep school uh, pretty much just six months. So that will happen in July as well. Just got um, some, I, and I, Carolyn Jacobs, um, thank you, Carolyn. And I, I was typing my, something myself. That questionnaire sounds really interesting, especially to collect information for those little people. Um, and um, perhaps you'd be willing to share that with us, David, after the... Yeah, sure. Um, we developed it uh, when we started our prep school in 2017, I think it was, um, thereabouts. Um, and we went around to some other schools that we had contacts with and looked at what they did and we took a bit from here and a bit from there and yeah. put it all together. But, yeah, quite happy to... That's, that's the student enrollment update form that you were talking uh, about? That was a, that's the questionnaire for, say, prep and kindergarten. Uh, the student enrollment, really what it boils down to is simply it, it's a, a four-page on the front. It's all the uh, information that they've provided us already, but we want them to check it to make sure the addresses are correct, the contact emails, phone numbers, et cetera, um, if they've changed. But inside, it's pretty well blank, and there are uh, boxes for the parents to fill in things that their children have done at school, uh, achievements, um, involvement with groups outside school, sports, music, drama, all kinds of different things um, about them, interests. Um, but yeah, that, once again, that's no big secret. So yes, happy to share that around as well. Thanks so much, David. 
And Pauline, being a school that would probably have slightly different waiting lists, um, the process up until interview might be a little bit different to, um, to David's. Yeah, sure. So um, the process for us is, is the same regardless of the intake. So kindergarten 357, it's exactly the same. Um, I'll come on to the timing um, afterwards because we have made a few changes and I'm interested in what you said Yvette about your changes to those earlier years um, in terms of the time frame. Anyway, first off, I'm just going to run through the process. So we accept applications from birth and we get, you know, I get fathers in the in the hospital calling me saying I need an application form and I say to them, please go and be with your wife or your partner. And I like <laughs> Anyway, so we have applications from birth. Um, our other criteria are around, we give preference to Catholic um, families. We're, we're, we're a Catholic school. Um, and, and obviously we have, have um, strong um, values and we need congruence and all those other things that every school needs. So in terms of the process, many, many families have submitted their application at or very close to birth. Um, around about two and a half year pr years prior to entry, we contact them with what we call our, used to be a letter, it's now an email of intent. And we basically ask them, do you still intend to proceed with your application? One of our aspirations is around um, engagement in our waiting list. We haven't really done much in that because we spend most of our time saying no to people. So we're sort of, we need to sort of strike that really fine balance between you know, letting people see what's happening in the school and, and engaging with that waiting list, but not setting false expectation and, and, and sort of trying to, to manage expectation. Anyway, two and a half years prior, we asked families if they intend to proceed. Once we get the responses from that, um, we, um, we work through our list and we request support. The next stage is we request supporting documentation from families. And that includes all the, you know, the school reports, the NAP plan. We ask for things like um, sacrament certificates, you know, where they're at with a sacramental program. And we ask for a reference from their parish priest, a reference from the family. And we also have two questionnaires, um, not for kindergarten, but for years, five and seven we do we have one for the student and it covers things like you know what sports do you like what's your favorite subject do you like reading and if so what kind of what kind of books etc etc that has to be handwritten by the student we, we request that and then um, another um questionnaire for the parents um, and that's just around you know uh, you know, what other schools they might be considering. Do they have um, any connection with Loretto Curability? We don't give preference to ex-students, but we obviously like to know whether they do have some prior connection. And, you know, we, we have families who, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm literally at the stage now where we're about to sign off on our offers for year seven in 2023. And one of the families I'm looking, the, the, the daughter will be a fifth generation Loretto Curability student. So <laughs> quite strong connections going a long way back that need to be managed very respectfully and very and very well. Um, anyway, we then, so we get to the point where they, they've completed their documentation. At that point, we shortlist again. And at that point, we invite them to the enrollment interview. So at every stage in the process, families either fall away as they will for everyone, or we choose not to proceed with their application for whatever reason. 
Um, the enrollment interview itself, again, Yvette, I'm interested in what you said that you've moved away from the weekend model. We love the weekend model. <laughs> so we have the, um, the, the principal, uh, the, the school leadership team, and then some you know, like our well-being coordinators, our subject coordinators. So our sort of a senior leadership in the in the school for year seven, they conduct the interviews. We do it over two weekends. I have some year 11 um, students who come and act as ambassadors for the school. They help show families, not we don't do school tours on that day, but they help show families to their um, to the relevant location for the um, for the interview. And I always get really great feedback from families as to how um, appreciative they are to have had that opportunity to have that one-on-one -on -one with a senior student because by that stage they've chosen their HSC subjects and you know they they they're they we, we obviously we choose the students who can um who who can talk one-on-one -on -one with them um, with the families and are quite sort of well immersed in the extracurricular program and sort of understand what's what's on offer so we do do that over two weekends we find that works really, really well. And I just cannot imagine our principal doing all those interviews. I take my hat off to you. That must be a huge organisational effort. But um, anyway, so for year seven, we do um, the interviews over two weekends. We do have a set format. We have a questionnaire. We also um, spend a significant amount of time prior to the interviews commencing, making sure that everyone involved completely understands um, what we're looking for and how that might be, um, how the families might demonstrate that or to, you know, understand the types of questions families may be asking. I mean, we, we're in a bit of a, um, a, a transitional phase now with government funding and our, um, our funding is, is going to reduce over the next 10 years and therefore our fees will, will increase you know more than 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 other schools potentially so we need to make sure that the the fact that the staff members who are doing the interviews understand that and understand what what we know at this point and how we can communicate that to to families um so that's what happens for year seven for um kindergarten and year five we've just moved last year um well last year for year five we were online because we were mid-lockdown so that was so we won't worry too much about that. But um, for kindergarten and year five, so for junior school entry, we've just moved to that weekend model um, as well. And, and, and it's exactly the same. And as much as it's, it's the senior leadership of the junior school who conduct those interviews, the families come over um, to two weekends um, and those interviews take place um, actually, you know, quite over quite a condensed period of time. Um, in terms of the, um, the the types of questions that we're asking families, I mean, they're, they're pretty bog standard questions. I think they're just around, um, you know, their their values. What are their aspirations for their daughters? Why have they chosen Loreto? You know, that sort of thing. Um, once the um, interviews have all concluded, then the, the the staff member will make a recommendation, and that recommendation will then go to the principal, who will ultimately sign off on. On, on who does and who doesn't get the offer. Um, just, one, just one thing that I haven't added that I haven't mentioned that's actually um, quite an important part of the process. So once we've sent out the intent, so that two and a half years prior, those families who say they wouldn't intend to proceed, they get invited to what we call a twilight tour. And that's a tour of the school one evening 
um, where they get shown around the school by this time year nine students. And because we're really keen to, 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 to let families have sort of get up close and personal, if you like, with our students, because that's what they are. Ultimately, it's the students who can tell them exactly how it is to be here rather than me or some other staff member. So, so we also have that twilight tour, which is, is always, it's always a, a really lovely tour for families and they, they learn a lot about the school um, on, that, on, that, on that one evening. Yeah, sorry, Yvette, you had a question. I just, Pauline, I just wanted to ask, because you've already gone through a very stringent vetting process to even get to the enrolment state, you've, mm -hmm. they've filled out multiple, you know, in letter of intent and the questionnaire, yes. how, many, how many would you not be accepting at that enrolment state? Or is it really, is the interview just a ticker box, really? No, there are still families who would get to interview stage who would... Who, who would not be recommended following the interview. Look, it's, it, I'm obviously, it, it differs every year and it differs every intake and everything else, but part of that sort of supporting documentation phase, it really does weed out. We sort of almost already know where that family's at um, from their, their documentation. And, um, but, but there are always, I mean, like I have like a, 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 a few students um, in a sort of separate pile down in my office now um, who, who they didn't get recommended for a whole variety of reasons. So usually around their values or, or, or it's usually to do with that, that stage, it's, it's to do with that. Like we're not, we're not a selective school. Um, it, it's usually around um, their, their sort of, their, their, their values and their, I suppose, their, their commitment to the Catholic faith at, at the end of the day. So you're looking at you're looking a little bit like cultural cultural mm -hmm. fit, um, yeah yeah. So with um, Loretto, I'm just going to recap that because I think that was all really interesting. You've really done a lot of the ranking by date of application, all those sorts of things, and the questionnaire um, prior to the interview. And the interview is even though there may still be some that come to the interview that may not succeed, it's really that last step. Um, do you interview a lot more than what you offer or is it about the same? Uh, look, that also changes um, and, and that has changed in the last, I would say, two, three years. We obviously interview more than we have places for, obviously, um, because we do get families who, who come, as, as you all will, who get to interview stage, get an offer and then actually have an alternative school in place. And, mm -hmm. and you know, we've got Monty just up the road and there's sort of <laughs> very similar school sort of um, very close by. Um, so we do have families who are sort of hedging their bets. So we do interview more than we have places for. Um, but in terms of I couldn't say we interview 20% more than we have places for or 50, like there's not, there's not a number on it. We really, we do discern throughout the process and that the supporting documentation that they provide for us, that really gives us a really good steer on whether that family will progress to interview or not. Fantastic. And, and Yvette and David, what, what would your, are you interviewing everyone and pretty much offering everybody or is, is the interview a part of the selection process? David? Okay, uh, thanks. Um, for us, um, the next key step is the collection of information from parents. Um, the school reports, NAPLAN, very common. 
um, and that enrollment information update the, the, the child's interest. And um, in my process for Year 723, in, I'll be asking for that information back by about mid-June, and then I'll spend the rest of June and the July break, or most of it, just sitting and reading um, and highlighting various things throughout. Uh, we're an Anglican school, um, so there is that aspect, uh, but um, we also have students here from many different uh, denominations and also different faith. Uh, so out this area, it is a very uh, large Hindu uh, Indian population as well. So we have Sikh, there are Muslim families, we have a few Buddhists, and we have some people who have no uh, religious background at all. Um, but in that reading of those school reports and the NAPLAM results, um, I'm weighing up the, every individual student to our criteria. Um, and, and some, of course, are straightforward. It's, oh, wow, this kid's fantastic. Uh, yep, they're in. Uh, well, they're in for an interview, <laughs> at least anyway. Um, and then there are some uh, where we get to a certain point because uh, by that stage, I'll know numbers as well. The number of the, the current year five, when they become year six, will come through, which is basically half the, the grade for year seven. Um, how many siblings we might have. Um, as well and then I'll know how many new families I could probably be looking towards and yes I would interview more than that number uh, by about 10 percent perhaps um, and then the others um, yeah go onto a waiting list after that. And how long after the interview um, both Pauline and David before we go back to Yvette how long after the interview process is completed. I know it's not. I know it's not neat. I know not everyone's done in a month or whatever. Sometimes it's, it, it pushes out. But um, how long after the interview process do the families know whether they've been offered um, a place? David, my my target is uh, at the very start of uh, the term three sibling interviews. I'll do probably fifteen to twenty a week. Um, each interview goes for about well sibling interviews. It's not as long, so about. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, perhaps. Um, other interviews, just a bit longer for 45. Uh, end of term three. Um, my plan is that all interviews will be finished by then and offers and statements, yes, we're going to offer you a spot or sorry, there's no spot available. We'll go out at the end of term three or the very first week of that September break. So that's eight, around 18 months prior to commencement. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing all of those interviews. I do. Okay. And um, Pauline, I, uh, how long after you've finished the interview process? Because you do them all on a weekend. Yeah, we do. So to give you just um, an example, so for year seven, we in 2023, we interviewed last Saturday and the Saturday before. Um, our, we all send out those offers um, effectively by the end of this week. We'll send them out. So I suppose the families who were interviewed on the first weekend have had to wait a couple of weeks, I suppose. And and, and as you say, it's not clean cut, you know. So so we'll sort of those families who came on those two weekends, they'll know within within two weeks, I would say. And we try and do that for all intakes now. We've really shortened that down as well. We've um we, we try and notify them. Year seven is probably the one with the most pressure just because people have other offers that 
We don't want them to be in a position where they have to accept another school because we haven't given them the outcome or they have to accept us, but they would actually rather go somewhere else. <laughs> you see what I mean? So um, that's why we, we try and turn it around as, as quickly as we can. And you're looking at about a 20 month lead time there. Yes, yeah, yes. That's great. Yeah, thank you. And Yvette, how do you, just around the strategy of um, are you in, are you interviewing everyone you offer? How, how do you clarify that beforehand? And yeah. those that sort of ratios, yeah. So um, we're, we're a very big campus with a lot of space and we've um, fluctuated with enrolment numbers over the years. Um, currently at the moment, our year five area is quite full, but our year sevens, we could always take more students. So we tend to enrol, uh, interview everyone um, that is on the wait list for year seven. Um, if there is any major concern, we too are a Catholic school. We're highly inclusive though. We have a, a large number of faiths here, but um, like Pauline said, we need to ensure that families that are choosing um, a Santa Spina education fit the same values that we do or, or uh, agree to um, those values that are mm. important to us. So unless there was some major um, reason why most students who get to the interview stage will receive an offer of a place particularly year seven, yeah. Thanks, Yvette. And now I just want to move on to the interview itself. Um, so we've talked a lot about what, what the schools like to gather the information, how they gather the information prior to interview. But the interview itself, any tips or tricks of what, um, I know David said you, uh, no, I think Pauline said you said uh, set um, a very set group of questions because you have various different people asking those questions. Um, are there any questions that you find are particularly valuable um, that really stand out that we that you can share or any experiences there that you can share about the interview itself? Let's start with Pauline. Um, so one of the questions that that um, that it cannot can often be very um, sort of revealing for us, and this is probably in our context, is do you have your daughter's name down anywhere else? Um, because often <laughs> families, like they find that, I don't mean they find that uncomfortable. We absolutely, the interview, we absolutely yeah. want it to be a conversation. It's not an interview, it's a two-week conversation. This is the first opportunity. In many cases, families have had to actually sit down face-to-face -face with, with a member of staff on a sort of one-on-one -on -one basis. So I always tell families, you know, it's as much an opportunity for you to ask questions of us as it is for us to find out more about you, your daughter and, and, and your family. But the, the, the question around, do you have her down at another school, um, often um, sort of prompts other discussion around, you know, could be selective high school, for example. Mm -hmm. And that's just useful for us to know that is not something that we would, um, we wouldn't off, we wouldn't withdraw an offer or not offer a place based on the fact they are considering selective high school. But it really helped me with my numbers understand what sort of buffer I need to build in there. Um, and then also we we ask them um, what they what, what are their sort of hopes for their daughter. So sort of very quite aspirational. And um, and that's always a lovely question because that's where we get some really great interaction between the daughters and the interview at the same time. It's that the whole family are, are, are all in together. We don't take the, the daughter separately and interview her and then bring the family in. It's, it's not like that, it's a family affair. Mm -hmm. um, and that always, that can prompt some really lovely 
really lovely um you know things like oh i just want my daughter to be happy or you know i want her to to be an astronaut or a you know astrophysicist or something like that um so yeah they, i would say they're the two questions that that we that, that tend to really that they're not just bog standard stock standard you know why do you want to come to loreto oh well it's a really excellent school and we want a catholic education you know it's a bit generic which is it's valid but it doesn't really then differentiate families from each other that's great advice thank you pauline and yvette do you have any tips around the actual questions in the interview yeah depending on the the cohort age but um really like what do they know about Santa Sabina and what, what is it that draws them to us? Mm. Um, it's similar to a, 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 um, a job interview, not just why do you want to come here, but what do you know about us, what programs or what particular values are talking to, speaking to you? Do you know people that come to the college or have been at the college? And, and um, like Pauline said, they're very conversational. Um, we have a questionnaire that sort of goes through uh, certain things, what they like to read, all those sorts of things. But it is a, it, it is a feel and a family feel to see how that cultural fit um, is. And obviously as a Catholic school, that one is a big question is, is would they agree to being, if they're not Catholic, um, maintaining the values of the college? Yeah, and, and over to you, David. What are your top tips for the interview question? Oh, well, actually, just coming back to Pauline's comment about asking about their aspirations for the students, uh, we used to do that uh, as well. We asked the child, what do you want to be in the future, et cetera, what kind of job or a role? Um, and it's really good because when you have your year 12 dinner, you pull out all that information and you put it back to them saying, when you were in year seven, you, were, you wanted to do this, you wanted to do that. Uh, and it's an absolute real riotous part of the night. We, we tend not to do it anymore, but uh, we certainly used to, it was good fun. Um, the questions, my, uh, my role was created uh, by the headmaster back in uh, 2002, um, because he was new um, and didn't want the uh, responsibility of, or rather for the time uh, of doing all the interviews. So he created my role so that he could then be doing other things about developing the school um, over the next, well, he was here for another 15 years as well. Um, so my questions have evolved over time, but uh, they've always started off with very general uh, icebreaker type questions. Um, and that's where I talk. To begin with, I talk about the church. I talk about religion, their background, their involvement with church, do they go often uh, or not? What, where do they go? What their religious background is? Um, and some of my best interviews ever have been with families of other faith, where we can have that discussion about, well, this is what's gonna happen here at William Clark. Um, and we need you to understand what your child is going to be doing here. It's not an, uh, an elective, it's compulsory, you have to be, uh, involved with Christian development classes, we call it. Um, you have to go to chapel and this is what's going to happen. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, well, then maybe this isn't the right place for you to be looking at. So there's that kind of um, clearing the air straight away kind of situation. And then I'm focusing on the, the student and finding out um, things that they're involved with, things that they like to do, 
um, at school, but also outside school, other activities. We're very keen on seeing education as a very broad aspect. We've got a couple of those selective high schools, not too far, Welcome Hills High School, James Roos, just down the road. Um, and so we want to challenge many people's ideas of what is education all about. Um, and we're, we really want to make people think about the very broad idea of what education is. And I often make the statement these days that if the ATAR, uh, well, the Queenslanders, I think you in Victorians, you probably use a slightly different model, but the, the thing that gets kids into university, if that was demolished, uh, you know, tomorrow we'd go, thank goodness, fantastic. Um, we can actually, you know, teach children uh, and, and going on from there. That's probably a, sort of a view from when I started teaching back in the 18, 18, the 1980s, rather. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, and so those uh, questions then lead into uh, a bit more in-depth questions with the child about um, what they see about how at school, what do they need to work on? What do they need to improve? Uh, what are they good at? Uh, what do they find really easy to do? Um, and, and the parents get asked the same questions. And then it, it's quite funny to see some of the parents' reaction to what the children say at that time as well. Sometimes there are smiles, sometimes there's laughter, quizzical looks, etc., cetera, uh, come out then as well. Um, and so like uh, Yvette and Pauline were saying, it is a family uh, kind of situation that we're trying to judge here and, and create um, as well. And also to create that partnership between the school and the parents so that we're working together to help their child uh, to do well academically. Absolutely, we want our students to do the best that they can, but it's also about who they are, the type of person that they're delivering. And so that message we're trying to reinforce often throughout the interview um, as much as anything else. I raise the issue of tutoring. And do they do tutoring? Why do they do tutoring? Um, and there are times when I will suggest to families, I think based upon my experience and what I've seen over the years as a teacher, that you might want to consider doing X, Y, and Z with regards to getting some testing done, be it a speech therapist test or uh, a whisk even, or going to a couple of places that are nearby that we highly recommend um, as far as learning support uh, kind of uh, places as well. Um, so we don't treat anything as being sacrosanct that we can't discuss it um, because there are some things that we do need to discuss. Um, and it's a matter of how you approach some of these questions that's important. Um, for example, asking about family stability. That's an interesting question to ask, but I think it's one that's important both for us about uh, how people have coped with COVID, for example. Um, and the emotional development of this, uh, how things have been going at home, uh, financially, the work, uh, are things stable, all those kinds of things that I, I think we as uh, registrars, directors enrollment, whatever phrase, whatever term your, yours is, need to be aware of, because I don't see the value, um, this might come across the slightly wrong way, of enrolling families who can't afford to stay here. Uh, and then drop out after six months or, or a year or so um, and put them through hell along the way as well. Um, but the, I think the, the one good thing about one person 
doing it, and admittedly it does go over a whole term, um, is then that consistency, uh, both of, in the way the questions are asked, the note taking that goes on at the time, uh, and then being able to make that uh, judgment about the students and, and comparing them, because that's in essence what we are doing. If we only have 50, 60 places and I've got 120 to, to uh, possibly interview, although I wouldn't interview that many, um, it's a matter of you know, being able to make that judgment and doing it fairly uh, as well. So. And David, you were saying that your interview goes for about 45 minutes. Yep. You obviously cover a lot in that interview. Pauline, how, how long are your interviews scheduled for? Oh, so they usually last sort of 25 minutes, half an hour. If it's a, a younger sibling of a current family, yeah, 20 minutes really. Um, but yeah, usually half an hour. We schedule 45 minutes end to end. So that's from the, um, the family arriving through to sort of completing the paperwork and what have you once the family's left. So, but yeah, usually 25 minutes, half an hour. And Yvette? Yeah, we would be the same. And um, for our younger kindergarten prep students, it might be a little bit less than that. And during... Um, just, sorry, sorry, can I just add one thing in about our kindergarten? I, I, I haven't really covered our kindergarten, like our younger students. And um, just in terms of the timing of those, we used to do those a year out, like Yvette, but we sort of tried to pull that a bit further um, back. Um, so we've got, we're in a situation now where we've got these little sort of three, three and a half year olds running around <laughs> trying to get interviewed, which is a little bit of a challenge. Although oh, just because of where we're at with our waiting list and everything, we find that families really like to have that certainty. So to know that they do have their place earlier. So we've sort of continued with that model. One thing that I would say about it is that the interview is really, it's, it's it's really about the the, the family's values. So there's there's, mm -hmm. there's nothing about the well, yeah. there is something about the child, but it's it's a very different sort of very different beast. Um, but also what we've found since we've been offering early, we're getting an increasing number of families who accept that kindergarten place yeah. and then subsequently want to defer to the following year. So you know they they accepted the bird in the hand, if you like. Um, but then they've decided they're going to hold the daughter back for a year. So that's just added a little bit of extra complexity, yeah. if you like. To that. When we do our prep school and kindergarten interviews, uh, the interview is actually with the parents. Uh, and that's in one room, uh, glass wall, hopefully in between. There's another room. And the child does a play activity for the 15, 20 minutes that we have an interview with the parents. And they're doing it with a staff member. And the staff member from the primary, from the prep classes or from the kindergarten is making some notes and observations um, about the child as well. So a, a slightly different process for the younger ones uh, and it's slightly different from what you guys are doing as well. That's such a great idea, David. And if, if, um, hang on, I've got another question. Um, do any of the, oh, Catherine. Hi, Catherine, how are you? Do any of the panelists allow families to defer after offer? And if so, how do you manage that? Pauline, how do you manage someone who, has um, either been offered and accepted or just offered and then asks to defer from year five to year seven, for example? So our offers are for a particular intake. So if you're offered for year five in 2021, for example, and, and either accept or 
defer, what have you, we'll ask you to go through the process again, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll um, have to submit a new questionnaire, you'll have to resubmit mm -hmm. your, your school reports, etc. You have to come for another enrollment interview. So um, the only thing we don't do is if you have, if a family have accepted a place for year five and then they defer after acceptance, we don't ask them to pay the enrollment fee again should they be successful in their um, in their um, application for a later year. We we don't ask them to pay twice. Um, and I have had instances where a family have been successful for year five entry entry and then unsuccessful for year seven. Yeah. Really Same here. Anyway, we we that has happened. So it's we made the point. Sorry. sorry, but I make the point, or we make the point with year fives, that the possibility of getting in at year five is far greater than it is at year seven. So if you don't want to take the accept the offer now, but and you want to do it for year seven, that's fine. We can transfer you across, but the offer doesn't transfer across, um, and you're back in the pool with everybody else uh, as well. Um, if they uh, circumstances change after they've paid our enrollment fee, that's fine. Um, if they, we don't make them repay either, but because our enrollment fee goes up year by year, we get them to pay the difference between what they have paid and what it will be for year seven or thereafter. And Yvette, how do you defer accepted or offered enrollments? Um, we, because quite often if it's year five or year seven, we like to do another interview um, because it's a new time of year. We won't charge them, if they've paid the acceptance fee, we won't charge that again. Um, we, we do find a lot of movement though in our waitlist families who originally were on a kindergarten waitlist, particularly for ex-students, and they want to then move it to year seven. So depending on numbers, we'll be quite flexible with that. Um, yeah. Catherine, is that helpful? You're on mute. Just put thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Thanks, Catherine. Okay, I've got one more question. Um, I understand, Yvette, you're going to um, have to leave us very soon. So I'll revert this to um, Pauline and David before we finish. And that is just how do you go about um, filling places in non-intake years? So if vacancies arise, um, you know, six months before or the year before or during the year um, of, say, year eight or year nine, like a non-intake, um, is it a slightly different process um, for that? David? Yeah, it is a bit. Um, the selection is often the applications are there. Um, we do have a couple of year groups where I've got too many, or uh, terrible English, I have too many um, applications for the places available. Um, but I've been, I, I would then would work in process with the year coordinators, uh, get their feedback as well. I would involve them with the interview so that uh, they come down and they take the student for a walk. Uh, around the school for 15 minutes while I'm still talking to the parents um, about various things about th them and the, the family and the child as well. Um, and sometimes I find that the applications, that I have one 
is, that's coming up and for the first time ever, I'm going to involve the college counsellors um, and the head of secondary school as well because of the perceived needs that this particular student has. Uh, it's not something I feel comfortable or able to just decide by myself because of the ramifications it's going to have upon the teaching staff. Now, I've been on that side of it and what was astounded sometimes with students who would be enrolled into the school. So on this side of it, I'm very conscious of trying to make sure that the staff know exactly what's coming in. Bye, Beth. All right. Um, thank you. Thanks, Yvette. David, David, that's on the assumption that they're transparent enough to tell you. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, we do ask for reports uh, when necessary. We, we talk along the lines of we need to know things about your child because we need to be able to look after them. And rather than finding out something out of the blue, that's not going to help your child. Exactly. And Pauline, how do you handle non-intake? Do you ever get vacancies come up? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. But I would say we have more inquiries than we have vacancies in those um, later years. Um, later years are quite a tricky sort of topic, I think, because sort of to echo what David's saying, often the the the, the the reason for a trap for a, a move of school in later years is, is is can be quite complex and can be quite involved and and what have you. We do get you know families. Well, in the old days, we got families returning from overseas. We haven't had that for that's been a bonus. <laughs> um, and um, but anyway, the 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 process is essentially. Um, all um, non-intake years are interviewed by the principal. That's just a, a dead set, unless she decides that she's going to, you know, get one of her executive team to, to do it. But it's, a, it's, it's usually 99% of the time by the principal. And what we tend to do is we tend to try and, and sort of tease out those details from the families, like why are you wanting to move? Sometimes I ask the, the student to write why she wants to come to Loretta. Yeah, if it's like a, a year 10 student, for example, she's perfectly capable of articulating herself why she wants to move um, rather than getting it through the, the, the parents. Um, I don't always do that. Sometimes I do that. Um, we tend to sort of gather up the, the, the documentation, if you like, and, and have our little case study um, before it then goes to the principal to say, look, you know, we might, we may or may not have a vacancy or yeah, we definitely have a vacancy, you know, then she would sort of consider that family. Um, the interview questions are the same. So, so the, the sort of those standard questions we ask would be the same if they get to that point, but it, it can be quite complex and it can be quite sort of quite involved. I suppose there is no, it's not a clean cut. It's not like you start here, then you go through this process and you pop out the other end. It can take a lot longer and, um, yeah, it can be quite, it can be quite difficult. Yeah, I, think. I always find the ones outside of the formal entry points take a lot more human resource hours um, than, than the general process. So that's all we've got time for today. I just want to really thank um, David and Pauline and Yvette. I also want to thank Karen, who's on our committee, who set up and organised the seat today. Thank you so much for all your work and for sharing so openly. Um, we will get um, Sheila at the head office to follow up with our panellists and ask them to um, you know, share any questionnaires or update forms or anything, and we'll let you know when they're available, um, if they're happy to share on our resource drive. 
Just a reminder that um, Educate Plus offers a free mentoring platform. So if you've got other questions or goals and things you want to work through, there's some wonderful mentors available. And excitingly, our September conference is going ahead in Adelaide. Um, and I've booked a fabulous venue for those in New South Wales to have a dinner together. So hopefully I'll see you there, if not before. And go well and have a great week. Thank you so much, everybody.